when fear is being alleviated, uh, then we as a group sharing the experience can have a greater influence on a greater amount of people. What do you mean by that? We as a church, when we're not scared to, to, to function together anymore, we can influence a greater amount of people together. We can make a greater influence on a greater amount of people. All right. Now, before I go on any further, I'm going to go ahead and show you this week's clip. Now, if you come to church here, you're going to see I, I love to use video. Okay. I think you can say more with a short video clip <laughs> than you can if I got up here and talked for three hours. Okay. So watch this, and then we'll come back and, and talk a little bit more. At the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and meeting other creative people and other performers and comedians, I started amassing a mailing list of people who wanted to do these types of projects so I could do more large-scale projects. Well, one day I was walking through Union Square and I saw this building, which had just been built uh, in 2005. And there was a girl in one of the windows and she was dancing. And it was very peculiar because it was dark out, but she was backlit with fluorescent lighting. And she was very much on stage. And I couldn't figure out why she was doing it. After about 15 seconds, her friend appeared. She had been hiding behind a display, and they laughed and hugged each other and ran away. So it seemed like maybe she had been dared to do this. So I got inspired by that, looking at the entire facade. Uh, there were 70 total windows, and I knew what I had to do. <laughs> so this project is called Look Up More. We had 70 actors dressed in black. This was completely unauthorized. We didn't let the stores know we were coming. And I stood in the park giving signals. The first signal was for everybody to hold up these four-foot-tall letters that spelled out Look Up More the name of the project. The second signal was for everybody to do jumping jacks together. You'll see that start right here. And then we had dancing. We had everyone dance, and then we had dance solos where only one person would dance and everybody would point at him. So then I gave a new hand signal which signaled the next soloist down below in Forever 21, and he danced. There were several other activities. We had people jumping up and down, people dropping to the ground. And I was standing just anonymously in a sweatshirt, putting my hand on and off of a trash can to signal the advancement. And because it was in Union Square Park, right by a subway station, there were hundreds of people by the end who stopped and looked up and watched what we were doing. There's a better photo of it. So, that particular event was inspired by a moment that I happened to stumble upon. All right. Now, did you see how many people were looking at that building by the time it was over? Now, he already told us that just a few weeks before that, he saw one girl up there by herself. Now, this guy caught it. One person caught it. But when you had 72 people in the same building doing what would seem to be silly, crazy stuff, the whole... Now, listen, this is New York. The most populated city in the United States. More tourists there. The only place that gets more tourists than New York City is here. <laughs> Orlando gets the most, okay? So New York City, thousands if not millions of people coming through there every week. And hundreds of people see this response. Why? Because some people had a shared experience together and were able to influence a greater amount of people doing the same thing the one little girl did by herself. Now listen, I, I'm all for, I believe that we're all supposed to be a witness somewhere and we're all supposed to make a difference in our world, in our jobs, in our things that we do. 
okay? And, and, if, it, and if, if some people, you know, I've heard this thing. I grew up in church, and some of you people that grew up in church probably heard the same thing. Sometimes you're the only Jesus that people are ever going to see. Anybody ever heard that? I mean, I, I heard that a lot. And that's true, and I believe in that. But I believe that they'll see more of Jesus the more of us that hook up and do something together. Come on, that's good. All right? So Jesus said, and, and I told you to go to Mar- uh, Genesis chapter 11, but I, I should have told you to go to Mark 16. So let's go there. Mark chapter 16, verse number 15. Jesus is talking to the group of disciples here. He's not talking to Peter or John or James. He's talking to all 12 of them, or 11 at this point. Judas had taken care of himself at this point. But uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, this is a group of people he's talking to, and this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. This is what we all know as the Great Commission. All right? But notice, it was a group of disciples, okay? And in in actuality, when you get over to Acts chapter 2, when they actually left and went out and finally started doing this, there was about 120 of them in the upper room that day. So what's he talking about? Together, you will influence more people and a greater impact than if if I just sent John. If, If I love John the best, which if you read John... John says that the Lord loved him the best, okay? If I love John the best and I send him out, John's only going to be able to influence a few people. But if I send 12 out, now look what happened there. If I send 11 out, if I send 11 out, by the time they got to the point where they were all, you know, in the day of Pentecost and, and, the, and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit came, now they're 120. 12 people became 120 people. 120 people, we're going to read here in just a second, had a huge influence, all right? Now, the reason he said to do that is because when people unite, there are a lot of amazing things that can happen. When they do things together, go ahead now, now, now let's go to Genesis chapter 11. And check this out. This is really important. Now, I, I've, I've read this story, and, 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 and I'm sure you have too. If you grew up around church, you probably heard this in Sunday school class. But this is the story of the Tower of Babel. Now, we all know that the Lord came down and confused the languages, but have you ever really read why before, why he did that? Let's look here in verse number one. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly, They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar, and they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. Verse 5, this is very important right here. The Lord came down, but, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed... The people are one, and they have one language, and this is what they begin to do. All right, now that's good, but look what the Lord says next. This is God talking here. Now nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Now that's God talking there, and that's a a really impressive statement from God the Father. To say nothing that this group of people propose to do will be withheld from them. Why? Because when people unite, they make a strong, unstoppable influence. 
And anything that they want to do, they can do it. Anything. Now, Paul echoed what Jesus said uh, in the Great Commission in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. And you don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll read it for you. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. I'm reading now the New Living Translation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all that is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. The call to influence people for the cause of Christ is given to every believer. Not just a few, not just some, it's given to all of us. All of us have been given this call. Now, it's easy to get sidetracked sometimes and, and think, you know, I mean, I, I've been to a Billy Graham crusade and, and seen the thousand people come to the altar. I've, I've been there and seen that, okay? We know folks that actually work for Reinhard Bonnke. Reinhard Bonnke is a, you know, a missionary evangelist and does crusades in Africa, and he had a million people at one crusade. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. <laughs> Can you imagine the altar call for that? I mean, I've, I've been in ministry for 20 years. I can't imagine working that altar call. <laughs> I mean, that would just be like a nightmare, <laughs> even though you'd be celebrating, but at the same time, it's like, how do you do follow-up for a million people? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean that, that's easy to get. start looking at uh, ministries like that and think, okay, well, they're taking care of business. Yes, but so that's what we're called to do. We've all been called to do. This is what Paul was saying. All of us have been given the ministry of reconciliation. All of us have, all right? The call to influence people for the cause of Christ has been given to all of us. But if we share this experience together, we make a greater influence on a greater amount of people, all right? In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with, all, with one accord in one place. And with many other words, he, uh, in verse, uh, verse 40, let's skip on down to verse 40. And with many other words, Peter's preaching here, uh, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized now check this out. This is church growth right here. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now, it would be easy to give Peter all that credit because he got up and preached an amazing message. But it, the, the, the key to that happens in the first part of the chapter when it says, and they were all in one accord in one place. What happened? That 120 caused 3,000 to be added to the church in one day. Greater influence on a greater amount of people. If we skip on down to verse uh, 44 of Acts chapter 2, now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is what, what happened here. Greater amount of influence on a greater amount of people. 
right? Now, verse, chapter 4, verse number 4. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. So now just in a few chapters in the Bible here, we see 3,000 added, then the Lord is adding to their numbers daily, and then one more fail swoop in Acts 4, 4, 5,000 people get added. What's going on here? Their influence is greater together on a greater amount of people. Now, I'm not going to talk about uh, making people and forcing people. And see, that's, I think sometimes this is where the church has kind of missed it a little bit. It's almost like we, we want to make people come to church. And we want to make people, you know, accept Jesus. And we want to make people miss hell. And I wish it was that easy. If we could just make the whole world do it, it would already be done. We'd already all been raptured. But see, when we influence people together, they do it because they want to do it. Anybody ever seen, been at a restaurant or somewhere and, and you see a group of friends there laughing and just having fun and you're kind of sitting over there and you're just like, I wonder what's so funny over there. I wonder what, 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 what are they having so much fun? What, what, what's going on over there? And, and maybe you're with somebody and you're, and you're just kind of thinking, what's going on? What happened? Nobody made you turn your, turn your attention that way. Nobody forced you to, to, to turn your attention that way. You did it because you wanted to because whatever they're doing Seems so appealing. This is what happens when people have shared experiences. It's a greater influence. Now, listen, if the person was sitting in there by themselves and they're sitting at a, you know, over in a booth by themselves and they're just laughing it up by themselves, <laughs> then you kind of get a little worried about them and you're like, what's the matter with that person? And you think, well, you know, or did they, I mean, what, what's going on, you know? But when they're with somebody, you know that there's some kind of interaction that's positive, and you wanna, you're kind of curious. Listen, if we would stop trying to, to do this all by ourselves, all right, my style is different than your style, your style is different than my style, but you know what? We can still function together, and you and I will influence more people together than you would by ourselves. All right? Now, think of what would happen if, if churches really would get that message in their mind about uniting together and influencing people together, it would be over. The world would, would have no hope. <laughs> they would just all be, become Christians. But we're busy talking to each other about, well, I don't know about that church over there, and I'm not sure about this church over here. And why, well, if we would unite together, we make a stronger impact on a greater amount of people. Here in this church, listen, you have gifts, I have gifts. If we use them together, we influence more people. Parents, how many of you in here are parents? Raise your hand. All right, how many of you have heard this term? Mom, everybody's going to be there. Or you ask them, who all is going? Everybody's going. How many of you are, are, are brave enough to admit you probably used that one on your parents? I, these both, I, I kind of still do. No. <laughs> why, do we, why do we think that's okay to throw that out there? Because we understand the more people that are there, the greater chances are that mom's going to say, okay. What's happening? That group of people has a greater influence on mom and dad, all right? And usually when they actually found out who all is going and there are a lot of people there, they would usually say it was okay because they didn't want you to be the social weirdo in the, in the group that wasn't allowed to go. <laughs> I guess nobody's parents thought that. My, my parents didn't want me to be the social weirdo. All right, so... <laughs> When we share the experience of ministry to the world, we make a greater impact on a greater amount of people, all right? Sure, there's going to be people who refuse to, 
to have anything to do with what we say. There's always going to be those kind of people. All right? But if they do reject what we say, we have to drop back and start putting value on the power of planting a seed and watering a seed. Now, we're going to close with this. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 6. This is a great shared experience when it comes to the testimony of planting and watering. This is Paul talking here. And he says, I planted. Now, that was his gift. He went and planted. But now watch what happens here. The shared experience comes next. Apollos watered. Now, here comes the next part of the shared experience. But God gave the increase. Come on, that's a great share. That's three, three distinct people, actually. And, 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 what, if, what if Paul planted and then walked away and never told Apollos to go over there and go over there and minister to those people? There, that seed would have went in. Nobody's watering it. Nobody's taking care of it. There's no guarantee that they were going to ever receive what he was talking about. So he tells Apollos, all right, I went to these folks. I, I've preached. Now you go behind me and water it. Because there were evidently some people that didn't receive what Paul said. But Paul understood the value of planting. And then he understood the value of watering. And he sent Apollos. And then they both prayed to God that those seeds would germinate. And then it says God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, verse 7, nor he who waters is anything, but God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. I'm going to read you a story. Governor, um, I'm, this, is, this is an old story. Agricola of Armenia was confronted with mutiny. Forty soldiers refused to offer the sacrifice ordered by Emperor somebody. Lincinius. <laughs> the 40 who stood before him that, uh, that wintry 4th century day were fine specimens of manhood who radiated an aura of courage. He was determined to make them see reason, but the soldiers were animate. They refused to sacrifice. To do so was to betray their faith in Christ. But what about you, comrades? Ask Agricola, consider you alone of all Caesar's thousands of troops defy him. Think of the disgrace that you bring upon your legion. They replied, to disgrace the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ is more terrible still. Exasperated, the governor threatened to flog and torture them. The soldiers stood firm, although they knew he would carry out his threat. In the fourth century, um, there were few civil rights. Boldly, the men answered, nothing you can offer us would replace what we would lose in the next world. As for your threats, we despise our bodies when the welfare of our souls are at stake. Pairs of guards seized each man and dragged them out into the cold where they were stripped and tied to posts. Whips laid open their backs and iron hooks tore open their sides. Still, the 40 refused to surrender. Agricola chained them in his dungeons. Finally, he commanded them to be stripped naked and driven onto the ice of a pond um, down below uh, Sevaste. The rebels did not wait for the sentence to be imposed, but tearing off their own clothes, ran to the pond in the raw march air. We are soldiers of the Lord and feel, fear no hardship, they said. What is death 
but for us, but an entrance into inter- eternal life. On this day, March 9th, 320, singing hymns, they stood shivering on the pond as the sun went down. Baffled, Agricola ordered hot baths placed around the pool of the pond. Surely the warm water would lure the men off the ice. But the crisp night air carried a prayer to all ears. Lord, there are 40 of us engaged in this battle. Grant that 40 uh, may be crowned of not one, but wanting from this sacred number. One of the men did lose his nerve, however, and crawled off the ice to a bath. He died the instant he touched the hot water. This was too much for one of the guards. He shucked off his clothes, marched onto the ice, and took the place of the man who fell. Now, that's a, that's a true story. What happened there? Forty brave soldiers made a greater influence. We're still talking about it to this day. But one guy that day made a decision to walk away from what he was doing and follow Christ. Now, this day, we still talk about the influence that these 40 brave soldiers have. This is something that's taught in history books. Listen, our goal of starting this church was to make a difference here in this city, in this area. In this area of, uh, from Dr. Phillips all the way down to the Florida Mall and, and, and down Boggy Creek and, 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 and all the way up to Windermere. I mean, and everywhere in between. And we, if that's our goal, if that's what we want to do, we can't go and do it by ourselves. I mean, we've, we've been blessed to be able to, to get to know people, and, and we've been, had our paths directed across people's paths. But, you know, it, it can't just stop with, with, with just us knowing each other. We have to decide to, to make an impact on this city together. We want to definitely tell people that Jesus loves them. And we want to definitely tell people that, that, that Jesus died for their sins. And we, we definitely want to help people with their, with their needs. And we want to help people that are homeless. And we want, to, we want to do all these things. But listen, if we're going to do it the way it really needs to be done, we need people to share that experience with us. To bring their gifts on board and do it together. Because when we do it together, we make a greater influence on a greater amount of people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time together today. Lord, I pray that as we dismiss and, and, and start, to, to, start to, to really put the, uh, the administrative structure of this church in place, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just uh, move on people's hearts to, to hook up with what we're doing. Lord, that they would, they would uh, see the value of the gifts you've placed within them. Lord, that they would begin to understand the, the, the purpose of why they're here. And, and they would begin to understand how valuable they are to your cause here on the earth. Father, I pray that you would just take those blinders off and let them see how you see them, how you created them. And they can see the power of their influence here in this world. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you, you will help us to unite our hearts, teach us how to do that, and Lord, help us to, to follow your leading so that our steps come across people's paths so that we can, we can totally make that influence that you've called us to make. In Jesus' name. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just going to ask this question. Uh, if you're here and you haven't been making that influence and you haven't been making that impact. I want to ask this question to you. Why is that? Is it because you don't know Jesus? Is it because you've never been introduced to the Lord? 
Because it's hard to, you know, it, it's hard to impact somebody for someone else if you don't know who you're, who you're trying to introduce somebody to. You know, back in the days when I did radio, I, I, I would get media passes to things, and I would meet celebrities and, and, and concerts and things like that, but I didn't know those people. I would meet them, shake their hand, get my picture taken with them. But I couldn't confidently go and say, hey, let me go and introduce you to my friend, Jean-Claude Van Damme or whoever. I, I mean, there's no way I could do that because I didn't know that person. And if you're in here today and you've never made an influence for somebody for the cause of Christ, I have to ask this question, is it because you don't know him? And if you don't know him, I want to be the person to introduce you to him if I can because I know him. I know him well. And, and, and I got I to tell you, he is the greatest person I have ever had the privilege of knowing. So if that's you, and I'm just going to ask you to do this. I'm not going to call you up front. We're not going to embarrass you or anything like that. I just want to know who I'm talking to. If that's you, would you slip your hand up and say, that's me. I've, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I don't know him. All right, praise God. I don't see any hands today. Hallelujah. Father, I take it today that everybody here knows you. So, Father, I pray now that you would burn their purpose into their, into their hearts. Lord, Lord, encourage them. Give them the boost to get active and, and, and get to moving and doing what you've called them to do so that they can influence and impact greater together. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, just for a second, as we're here in God's presence, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Father, I pray, I pray right now, whoever that is, Lord, yes, Lord, that's got a problem with something in their neck. They woke up maybe with a stiff neck this morning or something's wrong in their neck. Father, I pray right now that you touch that right now in Jesus' name. Right there where they're sitting, Lord, the healing power of God, just begin to touch that right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yeah, and it's even somebody with the pain in their lower back. In Jesus' name, I pray right now that pain goes right now power of God touches that now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah, the, that pain in the lower back's to the point where they haven't been able to bend over. In Jesus' name, right now, it goes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, migraine headaches. Right now, it goes in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, last week, we had about 100 people watching online. I think it was like 96 viewers online. And if you're watching us online today, um, praise God, thank you for being with us again today. But that, those words are for you too. If you're there and any of those symptoms that the Lord called out matched, uh, matched what you're going through today, just receive that right now. There's no distance in the power of God. He holds all of creation in his hand and it, it's touching you right now. Right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 